All right, welcome in, guys. Welcome to the League of Rat Bastards Fantasy Football Podcast, the only podcast where you can follow along with a group of college buddies as they attempt to take each other head-on for the title of champion. If we learned anything over these past six years, it's to never trust a trade from Jonathan. Amen. I'm your host. <laughs> I'm your host, Braxton McKenzie, along with my co-hosts, Austin Dingman and Jonathan Crabtree. And let's get to it today. So it's a, yeah, we got uh, a nice day here. Were we in the first day of October yet? Uh, no, we're no, almost there. Yet. Tomorrow, tomorrow. We're almost there. Yeah, September 30th, bright and early in the morning. I got, got my coffee. Pumpkins out. I got, we're going to put my pumpkins out. Yeah. Let the kiddos kind of play with them, you know. Braxton, what are you but, dressing uh, up as for Halloween? Uh, that is a great question. Probably a scary dress. Well, I think after my, uh, after about five years straight of wearing my red Teletubby costume, I finally retired it last year. <laughs> so there, there is, there is no more Teletubby costumes. Um, I think I, it's time to move on from that, uh, that phase of my life. So um, I heard Jonathan's if, got a pretty original Halloween costume. He's going as himself. <laughs> oh, every year. Um, yeah, nobody else has done it, so I'm excited. That's true. It's, it's quite original. What are you going to be? Oh, what am I going to be? I'm being a pirate. <laughs> you oh, know, oh, wow. Ding just asked that to set himself up for that. He Back just wanted right to say he's right on the tee, hit it right out of the park. Boom. Oh, how are you guys doing? Okay, now ask me. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. You know uh, me. We had quite the week this week, didn't we, guys? We did. Yeah. Well, you guys have any instant takeaways? Um, I'm a little sad that Dak Prescott didn't get that touchdown or that Greg Zerline missed the kick. You know, there's many things that happened that led to my loss. But I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Uh, we'll talk about – we want to talk about close games. Uh, yeah, your game versus Colton. And, well, yeah, not Devin's game versus Jonathan, but uh, <laughs> Josiah's game versus Jamar. Uh, Jamar loses by eight. He loses eighty-seven point zero six, is what I had to Jamar's eighty-seven point zero two. So, point four, zero four points. So yeah, four one hundredths is what he lost by. I think that's two two receiving yards. And the, well, four. Well, no, yeah, it would it would be. I think yeah, two or three would have done it. Uh, well, would have pushed him over. No, I mean, isn't it? Am I th- doing the math wrong? I think it would be point. It would be one yard because each yard is point one points, right? No, no, receiving. I think is or maybe passing yards that I'm thinking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You think of passing yards? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think he was needed like a, I think three yards would have done it. I think. But from Aaron Rodgers driving down for that field goal, and that's all I was thinking about the whole time. You know, because he had uh, he had Aaron, yeah, Aaron Jones, and. And I well, I kind of figured, you know, Aaron Jones, he wasn't going to see the points because obviously they're going to pass it. And I, you know, in that situation, you don't really want to dump it off to your running back. But I'm just thinking, all he's got to do is push this thing down a little bit further. And you know, he comes in there, and how long? How long of a kick was it again? I mean, it was a it was a really long kick, but yeah, I don't remember. Are you talking? Uh... For Crosby's kick, it was a good one. I know that that helped my sister win in her league, Crosby. So it still wasn't as long as uh, Tucker's hitting the the record of what sixty six. Oh, that was 
Oh, that was unbelievable. Yeah, 66 yards. Um, I good good for him. I <laughs> that was actually pretty. That was just actually yeah, I'd be pretty sad as a Detroit fan to you know, especially with all their off season and this like kind of totally going in rebuilding mode, and to watch them watch this thing clank and then just go straight up and through. I mean, against the Ravens, you know, I think a pretty solid team. And then and... who was it again that like attempted the longest, and then the other team ended up running it back for a hundred and nine oh. yard touchdown? Was that Jacksonville? Oh, Jacksonville, yeah. Uh, Jacksonville was the one that ran it back, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacksonville ran it back. Yeah, they're playing Arizona. So... <clears throat> Sorry, it was the Arizona, right? Arizona, no, your... Arizona made it. Uh, or no, that was two weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well, but anyway, regardless, yeah, a lot of kicking happening <clears throat> this last of, week. Yeah, a lot of big kicks, close games. Um, but uh, yeah, dings. Dings kick, or uh, yeah, Dings coming short that puts him to zero and three uh, now on the season. He's 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 starting a little bit of a hole, but uh, we know you're right. a good player. We know you're a good player. Uh, so let's see here. Do you guys have any uh, fantasy uh, performances, uh, like individual player performances that stuck out to you guys? I know I have one. Uh, mine starts off with uh, Kareem Hunt. Holy smokes. Um, I unfortunately did not get to watch any football on Sunday because I had to work. But I went through every single game and watched the like the 10, 15-minute replay uh, of, all the, of all the NFL games. And he, I, he just stood out to me the way uh, he, could just, he ran the ball and he was just catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, put up 24.5 points, which is definitely you know, well above the mark. Uh, for any game that, you know, he's put together and, and just really as a secondary back uh, in their offense, that's a, just a nice performance and they're really getting him involved uh, in all phases of the game. So I think uh, someone we, we got to talk about is Cooper cup guys. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, there's guys that have scored more than him this week, but when you click on him, at least in our league and our scoring system, he's averaging 28.9 points per game. Mm-hmm. Like, who does that? Like, just an Eastern Eagle grad, Eastern Washington University graduate, doing big things in the NFL. You're just partial to them because you're from Eastern Washington. <laughs> well, someone's got to be. <laughs> no, he – no, absolutely. I mean, he's tearing it up. I'm starting to actually – pardon me, starting to kick myself now that Jonathan sent me a trade last week for like listen to this he sent me a trade that he so he has mike williams and cooper cup and he sent me a trade over for tyreek hill uh in exchange for and right now i am i am kicking myself a little bit over that um that is that is a tough one to swallow because you know mike williams put up 30.7 points too i mean both both those guys are like you know i think worth in conversation yeah but the Here's the thing about wide receivers, like they're they're gonna boom quite a bit, but they will all bust at least once or twice. But you know, you can take one or two busts out of fourteen weeks or whatever it is, sixteen weeks. But I'll, I think I'll that average it. will drop. I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. Um I just I think a lot too though, when you start seeing some of these receivers going off, you, you like you know, you look at Tyreek Hill, 
you know, now you all of a sudden you see all these defenses that are starting to double team him. And it's, I think you might see a little bit of the same thing with Mike Williams and Cooper Cup. These guys that are going off and they weren't looked at as the primary receivers in their offenses, but now they're showing up like it. And so uh, I, I think it'll be interesting moving forward uh, what their production looks like, but obviously you have to love like what you're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. I am loving it. That That is true. What's hard is, you know, so I've got three of them and then I also have uh, OBJ on the bench who I'm pretty high on this year. Uh, a lot of people are kind of doubting him, but um Brett Coleman actually had a good uh, little video explanation of like, why was Baker so much better after OBJ got injured last year? And uh, so I recommend that if you guys go watch it, you'll see kind of breaks it down as like, you know, Baker was learning a new offensive scheme under the, under the new coach. And it just took him a while to like get familiar with the playbook, get familiar with um, the route trees um and so it wasn't necessarily an obj thing it was just at least the way he sees it it was just more of a second half of the season thing like he's just more comfortable in the new offense and so now that obj is back i mean you know you just you can't argue the talent of odell um so you know now that he's back baker's comfortable they've had a year and a full off season you know you have to remember like last year they didn't really get a off season because of COVID. And so if you had a yeah. new head coach change, I mean, that's why we saw a lot of rookies take some time to develop a lot of teams. Uh, I mean, even Tampa Bay, like it took them until the second half of the season to really get chugging along um, because, you know, you had Tom Brady come in, couldn't really put in work over the off season with his guys. So anyway, so I'm really high on OBJ. And so what's tough for me now is like, Gosh, dang it. Well, I, I can't really start him over any of these three guys, Williams, Cup, or Jefferson. So, mm-hmm. interesting What's position. shocking with Williams is Williams is the number two guy at, at Los Angeles, and he's just going off. Well, it's, yeah. it's just the it's the it's the defenses, though, you know, kind of like I mentioned. It's like they're, yeah. they're going to start scheming. They're scheming around to shut down Keenan Allen because they know that he's the primary talent he swallows up most of the targets. And I mean, it's just, and I think with Cooper cup too, going into the season, Robert Woods had so much tout going around him uh, with Stafford going there. And you look at Robert Woods production, it's low, you know? And so that's, I think that's something kind of to look at though. Yeah, I really, really do. Yeah. Uh, one player I want to highlight is uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Um, someone who had two really down weeks was in the conversation of like, what do we do? Like, he's kind of untradeable, but you can't really drop him, but nobody mm-hmm. really wants him. Um, so to see him go for 17 and 100, um, I'm sure for Colton was very encouraging. Uh, yeah. and, and discouraging for Austin Dingman. <laughs> and discouraging yeah. for Dingman. Of course, he had his best game <laughs> of the season against him. Um, was it doubled really his... What's that? Was that really yeah, my yeah. best game in the season? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Clyde edwards Alaire. Oh. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, that's got to be encouraging to, just to see, like, okay, he's actually being used in this offense. So, that was a, that was a bright spot for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it's, almost, it's almost hard, though. You almost wish that he wouldn't have done well 
so then you knew, okay, I can actually bench him. Because now I was like, oh, well, he can he can produce, and then he, what if he's you know inconsistent all year? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but we'll see. We will see. Are you guys discouraged at all by that Chicago offense? Yeah, I'm trying to stay away. I'm gonna be honest. I the jury's out for me. So I I have a note down here. Um, to talk about David Montgomery, you know, we mentioned him last year. I'm much higher on him than uh, consensus. Um, so, you know, just looking at my notes, David Montgomery had 55 yards from scrimmage, which is not a good game. You know, uh, you know, a few runs for 37 yards and uh, I think it was two or three catches for another 21 yards. Um so not a great showing. However, uh, the Chicago offense as a whole had 80 total yards. That's, that's got to be the floor, right? And mm-hmm. so if you're telling me Montgomery accounted for whatever that breaks down to, 70% of the total offensive production, um, I mean, that's, that's for sure, barring injury, that's got to be his lowest game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm not worried. Um, I don't think that, you know, I expected as did everybody else, I expected Justin Fields to be a huge help to him. Um, but we saw Matt Nagy not run any RPOs. Like, I don't know what he's thinking, having a mobile quarterback and instead of taking advantage of that threat, he just has him back there being a pocket passer. Like there was yeah. very little play action, like I said, very little uh, read options, um, and so Cleveland, I'm... Cleveland has a pretty good defense too. They're pretty hard oh, to totally. run on. Oh, know, yeah. like it's something to think about. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm hoping with you know, hopefully they can kind of go back to the film, and if you can just say like, all right, we've got a we've got a guy who can run. Let's start running some read options against this team or against this defense, and like start mm-hmm. keying off against it, seeing you know who's crashing down. Um, that was my whole point in taking Montgomery this year is like assuming Justin Fields would come in and assuming they're going to unlock that. If Nagy doesn't start doing that, well, I might be losing this bet with you, Braxton. Yeah. I mean, it's looking a little better on my end, but I just, I don't know. I don't, from what I see, I don't think, well, yeah, I think Justin Fields, I think he should be. He should, well, yeah, he's because he had that. I saw he had an injury uh, last week, but uh, I think that Andy Dalton is slated to start this Sunday, which is I would say probably more helpful uh, for at this current point for the offense um, against the yeah Detroit team that you know is a is a mid tier or to, to definitely lower, but. What would you guys do about Allen Robinson then? Um, sure, maybe the run game can be a little bit more dominated by Montgomery, but seeing Allen Robinson, he's got ten. He's got ten targets in over those two weeks and only four catches with pretty minimal yardage. Yeah, I mean, uh, who owns him right now? Uh, that would be Colton. Yeah, that's. That's a tough one. I mean, he's a top-tier wide receiver. He's been, mm-hmm. you know, wide receiver one or two for the past, what, five or six years. Like, mm-hmm. he's just 
he's been consistent. He's been reliable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're looking at Justin Fields. He's not looking his direction. He's not delivering the ball when he is. Uh, I, I think I'd bench him. Uh, you know, looking yeah, at, at Colton's point. roster, I'd I'd put Kenny Galladay in over him. Galladay is no longer his. That's mine. Oh, he got traded. Remember, mm-hmm. who yeah. did he receive? Um. Oh gosh. Uh, CD or uh, CD. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's actually it. Was really not nice was him. not a one for one. Didn't trade CD Lamb for Kenny Galladay. We'll talk more about the trade later on. Don't worry, guys. Don't pay. Yeah. But... So I would for sure start uh, both Julio, <laughs> assuming he's healthy. Uh, Sally popped up on the injury report, but I'd start Julio and CD over Allen Robinson for right now. I think at this point, yeah, you think you have to do that. But also another, just to look at Julio Jones, another ailing receiver, you know, someone who's a, you know, a proven veteran um, that's been a top, top rod receiver uh, for Colton to have him, have them both kind of struggling. Uh, I, I think Julio Jones though, he'll bounce back that offense. That offense is going to, is going to move the ball. So. I think Julio's already started to bounce back. <clears throat> a little bit. I guess he didn't. Yeah, his week two and three. Um, well, his, I guess he has had a nice week two. But uh, if you take out, Jets. take out week two, yeah, I'm sure he'll – and he'll have Jacksonville coming coming back after that. So I don't think I'd be too worried. Plus, they're also probably Brown being injured. They get yeah. really a little bit more target share. Yeah, I think uh, if you're the owner of Derrick Henry, I think you're going to see. Um, I think you're going to see that offense just running at will against yeah. the Jets in Jacksonville. So, no, you won't see the offense running. You're just going to see Derrick Henry running. Yeah, and we'll just be following Henry while the, everyone else is a mile behind him. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. So, yeah. Um, but... should, should we talk briefly about the tight end? Like how many Absolutely. tight ends were there that got got over double points this week? Yeah, like, it's it not going to happen every week, but yeah, it's just so funny. It's such a polarizing position. You know, you see this week you have so many guys that just go off um, into double digits. Which for a tight end, if you're you know unless you own Waller and Kelsey, but if you have a tight end and he gets in double digits, that is a huge win for your team that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just so many other tight ends, though, that just throw up duds. Um, like, you know, you look at Hawkinson, two points. Uh, I think Noah Fant, uh, he had, like, three points. Uh, he's, I mean, you're relying on, you know, much more than that, too. Uh, I just – it's such a such a tough one. Um, but I I don't see it. Yeah, I don't see it moving forward. But Jonathan's picks up, pick up a fire move. And that was uh, when you look at Josiah last week when he came on the podcast. Good call. You guys were both really high in Farmouth this week, and sure he didn't have a big day moving the chains, but hey, he picked up a touchdown. If your tight end scores a touchdown, that's that's a surefire seven points right there, and you're going to be happy. So yeah, that's all you can ask for. <laughs> yeah, if you can, if you get a touchdown, yeah, you're not you know, really going to be asking for it. much. John needed that that touchdown to help he, him just squeak his victory out against Devin at 153.82 to 78.84. Yeah. So, but, hey, do you have any other uh, notes you want to add to that? Just a quick note um, to add insult to injury to Josiah's, well, 
Oh, wait a second. Uh, 87.06. Oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, I had a note here that I had written before the conclusion of the game. Um, when Josiah, I think, was down by a little bit. Anyway, he had texted me before um, that earlier that Sunday. He was like, I don't know who to start over Mike Davis or Melvin Gordon. And I was like, same, ah, same thing. I, I'm just, I'm not trusting Atlanta's offense right now. I would go with Melvin Gordon. Uh, he didn't, but I just wanted to say and put it on the record that I was right. So I, <laughs> I, if I want to put on the same record, he sent me the same text and I said, Melvin Gordon over Mike Davis. Yeah. Uh, and just in terms of a ceiling, Melvin yeah, Gordon's exactly. got a much higher ceiling where I think that you could probably count if you're looking for, if you need eight points, like if that's, if that's what you're wanting, I'd go Mike Davis. He might be just a little bit more <laughs> consistent there, but I think at the end of the day, if we're looking for steadiness at eight points, that's not going to win games. Hey, I just so. want to go on record saying that Josiah did not text me and did not ask me my opinion. But if he did, I would have told him to start Melvin Gordon as well. <laughs> so, so we were all right, is what yeah, we're saying. We're all right. <laughs> we are mm. all right here. Right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, let's move into uh, into the waiver wire this last week, uh, and and one trade, but uh, yeah, not a not a ton going on this week. We have a few pickups. Uh, nothing other than. Other than the the Hubbard pickup, nothing else groundbreaking, I would say, uh, in terms of that. Zach Moss uh, might be kind of interesting for two bucks. I would also like to point out Kyle Juszczyk for twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, that's that's not so quiet, huh? <laughs> yeah. You picked San up Francisco's. San Francisco's a fullback. You picked up a fullback for twelve dollars, and do you realize that Jamal Williams was on the waiver wire and you did that? Wait, he was. Yeah, I dropped yeah. him. And I, I dropped him because I picked up Alexander Madison when they wow. announced that Dalvin Cook was gonna miss the game. I picked up Alexander Madison on Sunday at Did like eight a.m. And what's that? Did you start him, Madison? Yeah, oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, and he reeled off like a it was like a twenty-one point game. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, yeah. I dropped... probably would have been a smart pick for sure. For me, Who? especially because I have Swift. Like Jamal Williams would have been a smart pickup if I, since I have Swift. I That's know. I don't know what you didn't. And I, but I picked him. I dropped. I or I picked. Yeah, I dropped Williams because I was in a pinch, and I'm like, well, he's kind of my only guy that I really could drop. And I, I just picked him back up for free uh, on the waiver wire. So I was pretty surprised to see that you picked up Kuschek or yeah, Kuschek yeah, at or. Twelve dollars. Yeah, I wasn't in the right. Explain, city, right? Yeah, we explain that. We'll just we'll just say that. How many Dr. <laughs> Peppers did you have that night? <laughs> Probably too many. <laughs> it was late. You know, I was looking at the San Francisco offense. They're just not really going to hardly anyone because they got no one because everyone's hurt. So could have been a smart pickup, but I regret it. We can move on. <laughs> Well, uh, at least at least you regret it. <laughs> you can, yeah, and you'll try better next week. Um, I think my pickup though, and I'm just kind of looking through it here, uh, my pickup of the week is definitely Jonathan. Uh, I think yeah, you look at Knox uh, coming in there. He's tied in like number six right now too. Uh, so I just 
I don't know. How can you not? Yeah, he's tied number six. He's averaging nine, just over nine points a game. That's a that's a solid streaming pickup for him. And so, totally, and I think um, his uh, he's got Tennessee this week. I think right. He's got. Sure? He's, I know he's got Houston. Houston, Houston that's what Houston, Houston, Kansas Houston. City, Kansas City in weeks week five too. Kansas City is like they've been giving up a lot of points in the air too. Um, yeah, Houston gives up a lot of points to the tight ends. I think this will be a great pickup for Jonathan, and he will be happy with his tight end production, especially for someone who's – it looks like, Jonathan, you're streaming a tight end almost every week. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they were my last pick of the draft, so uh, I, I'm just, just streaming. And, yeah. and not only that, though, you see week six where he – yeah, he's at Tennessee and then hits the bye and then eight and nine or, yeah, week eight, Miami, week nine, Jacksonville, and week ten, the Jets. So – this is uh, an awesome pickup for Jonathan for the next six, seven weeks. Yes, and in it. my opinion, the rich just gets richer this <laughs> week, unfortunately. Jonathan is sitting pretty at 3-0, and and you have the widest margin of total points in the league, too, by, I think, more than, like, 30, 40 points uh, over Marshall. Yeah, he's got but, a lot of points. Yeah, but, one thing to, to point out, about Dawson Knox is um, so obviously, you know, he's like you said, he's the tight end six. Um, he's had several decent games. Um, but what a lot of analysts are projecting is that that's just going to keep going up. Cause if you look at routes run, he is, he's run only five less routes than Stefan Diggs and like 10 less than Cole Beasley or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, he's out there. They're not just, bringing him in to block for uh for the run game Mm -hmm. so um they're they're predicting big things for him just as the the season evolves and josh allen hopefully can rely on him more and more dawson knox was someone i was definitely looking at um and was probably gonna put a a bid in on until i got that trade passed and then i uh, decided to step away from looking at the tight end position yeah so should we talk about chuba yeah i think we have to talk about chuba so Ozzy picks up Chuba at a $36 bid. And I, I think the, I don't think he over, I don't think he overspent. Um, at least in my opinion, I thought he was going to go uh, between 30 and $40. I even think that in some leagues, he probably went for, went out over um, $40 because yeah. I think something to notice too is that you know these oh, a hamstring injury for Christian McCaffrey? Mm-hmm. Those those linger. Mm-hmm. That's just not you know that's not just getting like a little banged up. That's a non-contact injury, and that that lingers throughout the season. It's not guaranteed that when Christian McCaffrey comes back, he's just going to be healthy and you know a okay right away. But Chuba Hubbard could even be yeah, more of a long-term solution uh, if if he comes back even if he comes back after three or four weeks, definitely worth the $36, at least a shot for him. Ozzy's team, he has a loaded roster. Like for his, his bench is not, is not loaded, but he's very front heavy. He's got some great starters. Chuba Hubbard filling in at that running back position. Good move for him. Here's my thing. Ozzy's three and oh, so he's been doing fine without Chuba. Chuba also, you know, he only scored nine points. This last week, Grand McCaffrey played a little bit before him, but when he got in, he had 11 carries, it looks like, 52 yards. 
um, with three receptions at 27 yards, which is good. I think Chuba will be good moving forward. But my fear is that Ozzie will have spent this much money on him and then, you know, two weeks, three weeks down the road, as they're saying, for McCaffrey, he comes back. And now Ozzie's out on a bunch of money with a guy who isn't playing because McCaffrey's back in and going. Like, I would almost have made more sense for Colton to spend that much on Chuba being the McCaffrey owner. Um, when you're not the McCaffrey owner, it, it's hard, I think, because you just don't know how much longer you get him for. It could be spending a lot of money for very little time. Yeah, well, I – I, I agree to an extent, but when I when you look at his roster, I mean he just he needed a starting running back. So this yes. just potentially buys him some wins, but also buys him some time to orchestrate a trade for another running back. Um, that makes sense. You know, like because otherwise he's starting Kenyon Drake, who you know, you mentioned uh Chuba Hubbard had nine points, but that was with McCaffrey and that's without a game plan, you know, with for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Kenyon totally. Drake has gotten nine, eight, and seven points. So, yeah, this is like for sure an upgrade for him for you know at least two weeks, potentially more. Um, and like I said, yeah, just it, it's thirty six dollars a fab to buy himself some time, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I think too is that you know you look at his next three games, he has he plays against Colton and Josiah and Marshall. To, to, let's, let's be honest, Colton and Josiah's roster, they're not exactly loaded a loaded roster. Um, and Marshall, I mean, Marshall Marshall has, as we know, he's got a solid team. But if that Chuba, I mean, if Chuba Hubbard, when you add Chuba Hubbard into that missing void on his team, that, that could push Ozzy to easily go two and three over the next three weeks. And then that would put him at five and one uh, on the season. Starting out five and one, it's pretty hard to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting starting that well, so I think it could be I think it'd be a solid pickup for him, even if it's just a rental. So yeah. totally, that's just kind of the way I was kind of looking at it for him. It's always a bummer but, when McCaffrey goes down, but you know sometimes when a stud like that goes down, that's when you can slide right into the DMs and and offer a trade that that might help. Uh, said player um so as we're saying colton had mccaffrey and i saw my opportunity i took my shot and we were able to pass a trade through um some people think it's good some people think uh it's a little risky um but colton was sitting with the nice brady gronk stack and i had the dak cd lamb stack and i offered him a trade of dak and cd lamb for Brady and Gronk, and uh, he wasn't sure he wanted to pass up on Gronk right away, so then I threw in Daryl Henderson Jr., and he tacked on uh, Kenny Galladay, and we passed that trade through the league. So you guys want to talk about that trade? Yeah, I do. Um, When I look at it, though, it's just so hard for me to look at the winner and the loser here. That was, I mean, on your team, we talked about it all week long that the biggest hole in your lineup was the tight end. You've put up – jeez, what you put up? Have you put up more than four points put the whole season? Points. I don't know that you've put up more than you have four, four, four or five points all season long in that tight end slot. And just as, you know, we kind of – we had an earlier conversation. But that tight end spot is just so vital because 
when that when you when you're when the other guy is scoring, you know, when he beats you by five, six points and you throw up a just a dud at the tight end, you're you're losing that game. And that's where you're gonna find like winners and losers. And so I think for you to fill that void with Gronkowski is was a good move for you. And you acquired Tom Brady, who's you're you're all you're just gonna get always solid production from him, as we've seen over the years. It's uh, it's almost foolproof uh, going you know going that route. But uh, you did downgrade from Kenny, Kenny Galladay uh, or, or to Kenny Galladay from C.D. Lamb. I'm not too high on that. And you gave away uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., which arguably the best offense in the league right now. You know, starting running back, but he has had some injury issues. It could be for the future an okay, you know, an okay trade for you. So. Yeah, and the way I look at it, I don't look at it as I was trading Lamb for Galladay. Galladay was the add-on essentially. Like I look at the Lamb was a trade for for Gronk because you know I, I'm also mm-hmm. sitting with DK Metcalf and Stephon Diggs in my wide receivers positions as well. Um, Galladay might be a sneaky pickup just because the wide receivers at New York are are all injured like pretty decently right now and. You never know what they're going to play, so that could see a tick up in <clears throat> receptions and targets towards Galladay, which could be helpful. Um, but like I said, I'm feeling pretty good about Gronk at my tight end position. That's like I've I've been high on him ever since we started this podcast, and since beforehand, like we all know that that I'm a, a Gronk fan. Plus, they're going in, right in the New England, you know, kind of like a little revenge game for Brady and Gronk. Like you know, they're just going to want to eat just to show it up there mm-hmm. in New England. So I'm expecting big things from them. Hopefully they don't uh, turn around and hurt me there. Yeah, I think, uh, in my opinion, it was a pretty even trade. I think you got the maybe riskier end of it. Um, Yeah, I think you have a a higher variable of outcomes. Um, But, you know, when you're 0-3, like, that's that's what you got to do. Like, you got to take some risks. And so, um, you know, Gronk right now is the number two tight end. He's older it's potential for injury, you know, so there's always that. Um, But we also have to look at positional scarcity, um, which is what Braxton was touching on with tight end, like to have someone who is that special in that specific role, that's going to be a huge uh, benefit versus CD lamb is obviously going to outscore Gronk on most weeks, but like you can pretty easily fill in, that wide receiver, wide receiver two spot, um, it is not the same to be able to replace the tight end spot. <laughs> um, like the the drop off in points from like the top four or five tight ends each week to uh, the second half of the, like the top ten uh, is pretty massive. Versus the top twelve wide receivers versus the twelve to twenty four wide receivers, um, it's a it's a narrower margin. So. Uh, I, I will like say that. this: You said Lamb has uh, is probably going to outscore Gronk every week. I would say that Lamb has the potential to, but uh, I think there's only one, been one week where Lamb outscored Gronk so far. It's in the true. Last three weeks. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, there's definitely you got to figure out like um, the yeah the potential aspect of it. I, I would be pretty confident in saying that he'll outscore Gronk most weeks. Um, but, yeah, in the three-week sample size, it's only happened totally. once. Um, I will say this. 
about Dak and Lamb, one other reason why I was comfortable with sending them away is, you know, like you said, it's only been three weeks, but currently it's looking like Dallas is wanting to run the ball and Brady's going to throw the ball. Yeah. So to see have, having a quarterback who's going to throw the ball and to people he likes to throw it to, and he's got a massive line of weapons that are going to get into the end zone. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good about the points that that Brady can can give to me. Um, Dak is a talented quarterback. Don't get me wrong; he is phenomenal. If you have him on your on your uh, in your roster, you're going to be fine. But it, it did make me a little nervous this last game watching him where they're just funneling it to Zeke and he yeah. wasn't throwing the ball all that much. I, I just wouldn't be too worried about the you know the throwing the ball kind of thing. I mean, he just signed a $160 million contract. He's he's going to throw the ball. <laughs> They're not just going to give him that money and hand the ball off to, you know, Zeke the whole time. Totally. And I think that, I mean, that offense is, you know, because like, the thing is, they once they got up big, that's all they need to do is just run the ball and kill the clock out, you know, especially in that game. So yeah. I get what you're saying, but I would also wouldn't be fearful of of their offense because he, Dax, dude, Dak's a great thrower. And I just wouldn't be too. I just wouldn't say if you have Dak, don't be don't be down on him. Uh, totally, I wouldn't quote totally. it. So and I was looking at my my where I'm at. I'm 0 three. Like you guys have said, I need some wins. I think yeah. Brady can help me get those wins <clears throat> at this current stage where I'm at with Gronk. And then who knows if I play Galladay or not? But he'll be a player that I keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, let's move into uh, some of these next week's games. Uh, who do you guys got winning this week? That is a great you're no, question. You're, you're no doubter. Like, who's your no doubter? Like, they're winning. Well, me, obviously, against you, Braxton. <laughs> like, that's just a bye week for me. Like, there's, there's just no doubt in my mind. Oh. I love it. This just makes it great. Because uh, I'm going to be going if I oh man I'm going to go off next week on you. This is going to be this is going to be great. I'll record that soundbite and <laughs> we'll just inject that right into next week's podcast. I mean, I'm so, be honest, so we can hear we, that again. We we always talk about Crabtree's team, but Jonathan, you've done a good job of, of constructing your roster and yes. And you know what's interesting? Jonathan has a great team, and he's always open for a trade. Always open for a trade to, to shake things up a little bit. But him yeah, but he's against... rejected everyone I've sent him this year. Because they're bad. Okay. <laughs> he's just trying to offload Higby on me. He's trying to offload Higby on everyone. I don't need him and Logan Thomas. It's not that I hate Higby. Well, whose fault is it for drafting two tight ends? <laughs> you know yeah, what? That's what I thought. You know what? Yeah. I no, I won't even say it. <laughs> Watch, you're gonna be asking me for Higby because Gronk, he's gonna, he's gonna level off. So it's it's okay. Gronk's <laughs> uh, just kicking himself. To, to take it back to uh, you know the winners and losers this week, uh, I just don't see a world where Cody beats Marshall. No, I don't uh, either. Derrick Henry against the Jets. Yeah. I mean, yikes! Yeah. And then if Elijah Mitchell is the guy. Uh, Seattle is not an intimidating defense, so yeah, I just I could see him going off again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not only that, when you have Keenan Allen up against Las Vegas, that defense is porous as well. I mean, Jacoby Brissett 
he he gave him everything that they could handle um for a Monday night showdown. I I think Keenan Allen he'll he'll score some points too. You know, if, if Braxton keeps T. Higgins in, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm taking him to pound town and just absolutely getting the W. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 possible. You're you're due for a win, huh? Braxton currently has Tyreek Hill, Austin Eckler, Chris Carson, Chase Edmonds, and Jalen Hurts, and Tyler Higby on his bench. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that. <laughs> I am trying a new strategy this week where they're all going to be benched throughout the week. So now they're feeling their fire. I don't want to pissed off when they come into Sunday and I want to see them steamroll steamroll Austin Dingman. It's going to be, it's just going to be a tough week for digs and digs in a box. Let me tell you. One thing we need to tell you guys about Braxton. Braxton just recently got a flip phone because he doesn't want to be too distracted by his smartphone, everything it does. He's going to go somewhere this week and totally forget to change out his lineup. And he's gonna regret it. He's gonna yeah. go somewhere tonight and forget about T. Higgins and his flex, and then he's just gonna be screwed. No, no, no T. Higgins. He's gonna have a big week <laughs> mm. with yeah. that big O next to his name. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a strategy that the Bengals were talking about too. Like they're gonna uh, tell him that he's not gonna play, and then they're gonna put him in like right before. And so, yeah, he's gonna be less anxious that way. And uh, yeah, he's not let you know let any of that bother him. Mm, he's gonna he's gonna have a good week, smart. guys. That's smart. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. So, um, for so I also um, am really liking yeah Marshall's team and that yeah that the way that it's kind of all lined up for him. But this week I am just hating. Uh, I'm just yeah I'm not liking Josiah's that team. He's got uh, he's got the Kirk Cousins Cook stack. Uh, with you know against that Cleveland defense and James Robinson at Cincinnati, who has they I mean they look good against Pittsburgh last week. I just can't see that you know he talked good as top three or yeah three of his four guys there. I think they're all going to be slowed down, and I it's going to be hard for me to see in a world where Jad Josiah is beating yeah Cheeseman. I think Cheeseman he finally gets off. Um, off the stink, and he picks up his one win of the season uh, to move him at one and three. <laughs> I'll say this: I, uh, Josiah's team does not look sexy. I will, I will give you that, Braxton. I kind of think Josiah's a little bit of a sleeper. I, I think Josiah's going to pull up W on this. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. It doesn't. It's not sexy. I agree. Like it's a. Uh... It's a scary looking team, but I think we're in this. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me just pose it this way. You look at Cousins, Cook, and Robinson. Do you see those guys actually having good games? Uh, I mean, Cook's hard to say because he's questionable right now. Um, Cousins, I think, is going to have to throw the ball against Cleveland. Yeah, but he's going to have Miles Garrett in his face all day long. He had like four and a half sacks last week. I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. I'm just, I have to listen to this. I'm behind you. I'm 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 here with you. I think you're gonna pull up the dub. Okay. I'm gonna be honest though, the team that I uh just don't feel confident in whatsoever. Oh, it, I always wanna say Devin, but he continues to surprise me. We might have to go with, with Jamar this week. Or no, no. Cody. I think Cody's team. 
when you're starting Gaskin and Jones, it's that's scary. No, no, Crabtree. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'd say it's a tie to me between Cody and Devin. I mean, Devin's team. Miles Sanders hasn't done much. Miles Sanders had two touches on Sunday. Yeah. Alan Ridley, that Atlanta offense is a big yikes. Cortland Sutton against Baltimore. Damian Harris against Tampa Bay. Uh, I just I wouldn't be surprised if he's sub eighty points again this week. Yeah, and he's got Damian Harris lining up against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just you can't be high on Devin's running backs, you know, with Harris, Sanders, and Barkley. Yeah. They've just, yeah, they've all really, really struggled. Hey, don't, but don't be Lamar nice Jackson, see, that running back. That is, that's, his, that's the best running back on this team, that's for sure. Though Barkley did have a – he had a nice week last week. Um, but I Cortland don't know Sutton, that. He's the number one guy, wide receiver there in, in Denver with Judy out, so. I mean, But if that's yes. your number one guy, I mean. He also, he also scored six points last week. Yeah, if that's your if you're counting on that, if you're counting on Cortland Sutton to be your number one guy, that's that's not a good situation. Yeah, I could um, always send him over Tim Patrick. Maybe I can make a trade with him. Maybe he'll send me, uh, you know, Barkley or something. Yeah, um, I actually like uh, Jamar's team as my sleeper team this week. Uh, I just yeah, with the Jones Rogers uh, combo there, uh, they're hosting Pittsburgh. I think that that Green Bay offense is going to start rolling. Now and so they were starting to be yeah, they picked up just off, I think that week one that was just yeah that was an anomaly for sure so I like them to come through pick up a bunch of points uh, each I am not totally sold on Jamar Taylor yet but Jonathan I think Ramon, or sorry Jonathan <laughs> Taylor um, but I think Robert Woods is going to have his bounce back game this week. I think Cooper Cup's going to get shut down by the Arizona defense, and that's going to leave lots of open uh, routes for Robert Woods. Uh, and then uh, Thielen. Thielen's going to have a pretty tough game, but I will see he is also a huge safety safety guy kind of going across the field, and I think that Cleveland will gladly uh, surrender uh, easy routes to Thielen. Um, so I like Jamar as my sleeper team, and he will pick up his second one of the year and be two and two. I would say Graham's my uh, my prediction of both being sub one hundred. Just putting that on record. And that's that's your game. Yeah. Neither of them are scoring over hundred points. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. it's you know it's possible. It's maybe even he's my sleeper team because I just don't know that yeah that I'm buying Devin's team yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. I'm I'm feeling good about Graham Gano for for uh, Jamar, just because I think New Orleans is going to hold New York pretty uh, pretty well. They'll get close. They'll have to kick. I don't see New York necessarily getting into the end zone too much. But do the uprights. Go Gano. Oh, Gano. So, well, I think that, uh, that wraps up a lot of our thoughts uh, here as we move into the week four. So, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget um, to like and subscribe. If you want to support yep. the podcast, you can cash out for Venmo at Austin D. Dingman. Um, and go find us on Instagram at the League of Rat Bastards. Uh, we just got an Instagram started up. You'll be able to 
Um, put in your thoughts on who you think's going to win each week. We'll post the uh, the matchups and who's going into what. So give us your thoughts. Go follow us on Instagram. Tell your friends. Yeah, we love it. We support your support you guys. Yeah, just like tuning in and uh, listen to what we got to say and about our league and our insights. So first person but, uh, to support the podcast. At Austin Ding Dingman, D Dingman, Braxton said he will personally refund them. The amount I will they personally, yeah, I will personally refund them, and they will get they will get a major shout out for next week. So, yeah, let us know. Yeah, we have tons of advertising space, and uh, we want to yeah be able to give back to you guys. So, but uh, yeah, all right. Well, I'm signing off as yeah Braxton McKenzie, and hey guys, always remember don't. Trust a yes, trade for Jonathan. Jonathan. You're right. So he won't accept any of your trades. So there's just no hope. There. Yeah, yeah, there's no hope for that. So don't don't send a trade to him either because it just it won't end well. And so. if he accepted the trade, you know you did that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So all right. See we'll see you guys, guys later.